RTE Radio 1 Weather with Grant. Building a new home? Trust Grant to help you on your heating journey with their home heating design service. Visit grant.ie. Frost and ice may linger in parts of the south all day. Rain, sleet and snow in Ulster, North Connacht and North Leinster turning mostly to rain. Sunny spells further south with highest temperatures overall between 3 and 7 degrees. That's all from the newsroom for the moment. Thanks Jane, thanks very much. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Good afternoon on this Tuesday afternoon. How are you? Is it cold enough for you? (laughs) I was walking over to get a wrap. And I met a guy coming towards me. He was coming out of the fair city set. And I said, is that cold enough for you? He didn't respond to me. And then I was walking on and there was this man approached me and he says, is that cold enough for you? And I started laughing because I said, that's exactly what I said. The last man, he didn't respond to me. So I'm asking you, is it cold enough for you? It's bitter out there, isn't it? Bitter! And this morning it was dark and it was cold. And, and as you know by now, there's not a lot of good news in the world. So I broke into a smile listening to the weather forecast this morning, just before the 8 o'clock news. It was delivered by Liz Walsh from Met Aaron. And, and yeah, she put a smile on my face. Thanks very much, Liz. Because she referred to something I'd never heard referred to before. Otherwise, a largely dry day with spells of bright, sparkly winter sunshine. Ah, bright, sparkly winter sunshine. Isn't that lovely? Sparkly. We all need a little bit of sparkle in our lives. Thanks very much to Liz Walsh from Met Aaron for introducing it to my life this morning at two minutes to eight o'clock. If we think it's cold, oh, ho, 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 wow. <laughs> at the Republican Party caucus in Iowa, it's bitter, more than bitter. It's triple bitter, quadruple bitter. And poor Sean Whelan had to stand outside reporting on it for the news. And of course, the big news is that Donald Trump won the first caucus. Um, they're selecting the candidate for the Republican Party for the general election, the presidential election in America. He won with over 50% of the vote and that's a great start for his bid to return to the White House. Uh, uh. I'm just shivering thinking about poor Sean Whelan standing outside. And of course, like a lot of people are interested in American politics, particularly because he's back in the frame. Uh, But more people commented on Sean Whelan and what he was wearing than they did <laughs> on the goings-on in the Republican Party in the United States of America. So much so that Sean took to social media. And, and this is the thing, you see. People do this all the time and millions of people watch them. They, they explain what they're wearing. I don't know either. I don't know either. They get up in the morning and they go, this is what I'm wearing today. So Sean, because people had remarked on that he looked a little bit overdressed, had to explain to people why he was wearing so much. So, so, so... Talk us through it then, Sean. Here we go. Start off with a good pair of boots, waterproof. Yes, anything under the boots? I stick on two pairs of socks to keep myself warm. Ah, yeah, anything under your trousers? Then we get to the absolute killer bit of equipment, the long johns. Ah, brilliant, brilliant. Not ashamed to say it. They're fantastic. You should definitely have a pair. Everybody should have a pair. That's the waist down covered. What about on top? I also match it with a thermal base layer for my top. Then on top of that goes a woolen th- a roll neck jumper. Great. Uh, and we all know from primary school science that we lose a lot of heat through our heads, don't we? And you and I, Sean, we're baldies. Then being a baldy owl, yes. I need lots of insulation for the upper part. So I use this tight fitting woolen beanie. Right. Anything else? And then uh, over that, I put one of these balaclava setups. Do you really need that, Sean? Yeah. You need this, believe me, because exposed skin does get wind chilled. And if we're standing around waiting for uh, a life as we tend to be, you're only supposed to have exposed skin out for 10, maybe 15 minutes. Right. Good to know. Uh, so you have the balaclava on. That should cover you. And then I add on oh, no. another insulation layer, which is a wool beanie. Right. Uh, that they, then you're definitely done. The hood on the park. Oh, the hood. Because the that, right. believe me, is the ultimate thing that you're going to need around here. Wow. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's top-notch public service broadcasting. But that's important. Like Very, very cold. And you're standing around and that's the thing. Uh, it's fine when you're moving, uh, you know, because if you go out in your pair of shorts and you're running around, that's fine. But he was standing out there and he was waiting and you just get very, very cold. Uh, so that's great, Sean Whelan there. Um, Joanne McNally has been named as one of the cast members, stroke contestants on this year's Taskmaster. Is it Taskmasters? Taskmaster? 
Stir. Uh, it's a big programme, very popular, and they have the same contestants for the full run, um, which, which is brilliant. Uh, and Joanne has been overcome by the reaction to the announcement. I think it's the most messages I've ever had about anything I've done in my career up to this point. It's such a beast of a show. I think I probably underestimated the amount of people who watched it in Ireland. Like, I know it's absolutely huge in the UK. And I will say this, it is one of the most rewarding, fun jobs I've had in TV so far. It is so much fun. We had a ball. And we're all looking forward to seeing Joanne McNally on Taskmaster. And that was the Joanne McNally. It wasn't a deep fake, Joanne McNally. It was the real person. Although it'd be easy enough, because there's so much of her out there, to get her voice and make her say things she's never said before. Adrian Weckler, the technology correspondent with The Independent, has made a deep fake video in 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Uh, and he's going to come on and tell us how easy it is and the implications of that in a year when 76 countries are going to the poll. Um, and it's, it's, it's a scary time. It's a scary time with technology. It's advancing at such a, a fast pace. Um, and I see there today that AI can be trained to lie. Uh, it's in one of the papers today. Um, that's, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, last week, uh, we're, we're covering and, and keeping an eye on the awards season um, in Hollywood and other places. Uh, and the Emmys were on last night and it was the three big ones again, Succession, uh, Beef and The Bear. And uh, A.O. Debery, who's a black actor who has won awards, I think in nearly every awards uh, that I've seen, uh, she has this funny relationship with Ireland because at one of the first red carpet events, she was joking and putting on an Irish accent and she said that she had auditioned to be Jenny the Donkey. <laughs> in Banshees of Inishirin. And as a result, we, we've taken, we've adopted her, like we did with, with Chris Rhea and, and David Gray. We've, we've adopted her and she's adopted us. Uh, and, and there's a to and fro. And now, when she's on the red carpet, as she was last night after winning another award, she was asked about her Irish connection. Uh, and uh, this is what she said. Ao Edebury. Now you have the whole country of Ireland that has fallen completely and madly in love with you. Shout out to my people. Shout out to Derry. Shout out to Cork. Shout out to Killarney. Shout out to Dublin. The city of Dublin, I think, tweeted at you, gave you a shout out. And I appreciate that. I'm not on Twitter anymore, but I appreciate it. Well, you're not on Twitter anymore? No, 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 no. Okay, so then you haven't seen all of the love that I'm you're a, getting. I'm, a, I'm aware generally of my connection to Ireland. I'm aware. Yeah. It's great energy. Ao Debery, she'll have to visit. She'll have to visit now. Yes, the relationship has started. Sad news for Dublin GA fans. Dean Rock has announced his retirement from intercounty football. He's Dublin's all-time record point scorer, and he's scored some amazing frees at the most important times. Wasn't there a Mayo game in the All Ireland final, and it was down to his kick, the final kick, and he and he got it over. It was in the final few minutes. Uh, now, if Dublin GA could clone him using AI or any sort of thing, they would. It, you wouldn't have 15 Dean Rocks because you need a defensive player as well, but you'd have, you'd, maybe, you'd, maybe you'd have three, three Dean Rocks on the team. That'd be good. Uh, we wish him well in his retirement. I think he's continues to play at club level, but retiring from uh, inter-county football. We were thinking there, you know, because the, the, the Parky Cueve thing and Super Value. And of course, there's the Aviva. That has stuck. We were thinking about all the, the brand names that have stuck on venues. Uh, the Aviva has stuck. Uh, depending on who you talk to it could be the Point Theatre the O2 or the Three Arena that that sort of probably hasn't uh, the Grand Canal Theatre quickly became the Board Gosh Theatre so that stuck um, I don't know if Super Value would stick to a stadium like think of the Emirates in the UK that stuck I suppose it depends on the on the word it depends on when the word as in the brand is associated with the venue if it's early on if it's early days, maybe it sticks better. I don't know. But it's, 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 a, it's a good old study. I wonder, has somebody written an article on that? And if they had, uh, maybe we should talk to them about it. Uh, now, I, I go home up, up the road on the bike every day, but I feel, because I'm reading The Beasting by Paul Murray, I feel that I'm commuting to some generic Midlands town. I, I do. I, like, when I leave you at half four, I feel I'm going home to a Midlands town. I'm in the company of Imelda and Frank and Dickie and Morris and Big Mike and Cass and Elaine and PJ and Rose and everything that goes on in that sort of Midlands town. Because Paul Murray, you know, nominated shortlisted for a Booker Prize, uh, beaten by the other Paul, um, he's created this world, very believable world. And of course, I am from the Midlands, a Midlands town, Kildare, not generic, it's Kildare. Uh, so I feel that I know these people. 
uh, and his characterization is brilliant and it's a it's a big hefty old novel but I'm enjoying it and I'm there and that's the the measure of a good book, isn't it? Uh, the Bee Sting by Paul Murray. And I, I was sort of heartened to see when I went into the bookshop the other day, book station up in Slorgan, that uh, Paul, the two Pauls were one and two. Uh, Prophet Song, isn't it? Prophet Song by Paul Lynch and Bee Sting by Paul Murray were one and two. I can't remember which was which. Um, so there. So we're reading our own and we're supporting our own, which is brilliant. Now, 51551, Ray at RTE.ie. Speaking of a generic Midlands town, and that brought to mind Wollongar. And when you think of Wollongar, you think about Joe Dolan and good afternoon. Joe Dolan. I wonder if Damon Alburn ever heard that. Of course, Joe is in the company of the RT concert orchestra there. There are some songs, I think, that benefit from the orchestra. You know, they, they really benefit. And that does. It sounds great, full, lush. And then there are other songs, I think, when they're orchestrated. Uh, we had a lovely afternoon in the company of the RT concert orchestra on the 19th of December. Because you were busy, you may not have heard it. Uh, but we had... The Concert Orchestra, and then we had Neve Kavanagh, Tom Dunn, Cathy Davey, Shobsey, uh, Faye O'Rourke, and Jerry Fish. There you go. There is the six of them. Uh, and we had a great afternoon, and uh, we enjoyed it so much, and we hope that the orchestra enjoyed it so much. We're planning, we're thinking about doing something again with them quite soon. Um, and so plans are afoot. There's talks about talks. There's meetings about meetings. Uh, so we'll let you know what happens there when we get to it. I was in a florist yesterday evening and uh, you know the way florists now sell loads of different things. There's candles and there's... And you know those signs that people put up in their houses? We have one over the, the kitchen sink. We got it a few years ago and it is uh, what if the hokey-cokey is what it's all about? Or it's something to that effect. In other words, what if the hokey-cokey is the meaning of life? That's... That's to paraphrase it. Anyway, there's one of those signs up and I thought I was missing something. It reads as follows. Um, I'm so miserable without you. It's just like being with you. Now, now see, I, 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 maybe it, it appeals to somebody else's sense of humour or maybe I'm missing something, but I, I don't quite get that. I'm so miserable without you. It's just like being with you. And... and some couples have that relationship, don't they? They're sort of slaggy relationship and then that maybe that's it or maybe it's something else. I, I don't know if you could explain it to me. I'd be delighted. 51551 uh, or ray at rte.ie. Samantha Rawson is with us after four o'clock. It's very cold out there for us and very cold for our dogs as well. Uh, so Samantha is coming on to give us advice on how to mind our dogs uh, in the sub-zero temperatures. And if you have any questions for Samantha about that or indeed any dog behaviour uh, that you need advice on you can get them into us now ray at rte.ie that's ray at rte.ie also after four o'clock as always we have our who 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 done it quiz so we're looking for two of you to come on after four o'clock and take part in our quiz there will be clues and there will be a prize and this week it's a two night stay for two people at the Heritage in County Leash it's a beautiful resort set in the heart of the countryside in the pretty village of Killinard in County Leash, which is less than 20 minutes from Kildare Village, which is important. Uh, so you get two nights B&B and then you get dinner on one evening in Blake's Restaurant. Uh, you also get to try out one of their luxury treatments or take advantage of their thermal suite, including their brand new state-of-the-art salt cave and sauna. Pure posh, pure posh, pure fancy. Uh, that's the heritage uh, so you can go to theheritage.com if you want to find out more information here's our qualifying question on this Tuesday afternoon which singer won his first Emmy Award last night Elton John or Elton George so which singer won his first Emmy Award last night Elton John or Elton George 0818 715 925 that's 0818 715 925 The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1 Aaron here it's probably like that old expression can't live with you can't live without you I, I'm so miserable without you it's just like being with you hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, and uh, Sean and Tala says Damien Alburn, or even Damon Alburn, it is, once dedicated that song to Joe Dolan when Blur performed at the Oxygen Music Festival. Remember that? Was that Punch of Sound? Oxygen, yes. Back in the day. Now, if you've seen a video of Leo Varadkar encouraging you to buy certain stocks in a company, then um, you really haven't because it wasn't him. Well, it was, but it wasn't. It, it's an AI scam ad using part of a speech that Leo Varadkar made. And he's not the only one. Um, Rishi Sunak has been faked by AI. Uh, there's fake versions of Anne Doyle and Clef Fitzpatrick online trying to dupe us into buying things. Uh, and they've nothing to do with it. Uh, it's all artificial intelligence, deep fake. Uh, it's become so easy to make fake versions of people using deep fake technology. Uh, Adrian Weckler, technology editor with the Irish and Sunday Independent, spent 15 minutes and made one of himself. Just 15 minutes. And Adrian is on the line now. Good afternoon, Adrian. And that, by the way, is 15 minutes from Googling it. Yeah. And I, I was on, I was on there, just Google it. Two, two came up immediately. It was on yeah. Synthesia. Um, they have 125 avatars, 120 languages. You can put yourself in if you want to, and you can mm-hmm. make yourself say anything or any one of those avatars. Um, yeah. it, it, it's moving at breakneck speed, <laughs> Adrian. Tell us what you did first. Yeah, well, I literally went onto Google and typed in how to make a deep fake video of myself. Came up with a bunch of websites, clicked on one, it asked me to register, took, that took 30 seconds. It then asked me to speak into the webcam of the laptop for 30 seconds, saying anything. Like it could be saying what I'm saying right now. Mm. Make a few hand gestures, make a few facial expressions. And then it said, fine, you're done. Now type in anything in this text box. So I typed in a few things and it read it back to me as myself with the video imagery that it had captured of me with fairly accurate lip movements, hand expressions, eye expressions and facial expressions just from that 30 seconds. Now, not the scary, Adrian, but they have your image now. They do. Now, I did this in the interests of journalism, you yes, understand, yeah. and research. So um, this is in the interest of science. Mm. Um, I was going right. to see, I was going to do it today and I thought, no, yeah. no, because they'll have my image now. No, uh, well, you're, you're, you're on a different level, Ray. If, if you did that, <laughs> no, there is a chance it would leak or there'd be a data breach and suddenly you'd be recommending No, no I don't think so. I don't think anybody's interested in my, my you know, visual avatar, whatever they call it now. Um, so will you explain to people, because I, I think I, I talk a lot about artificial intelligence on the show and I think people mm-hmm. might get bored uh, and they're probably going, Oh, there he goes on about it again. There's nothing to worry about. It's only an old video. But, but, but things have changed quite substantially in the last six months. Oh, I mean, so the, the, the thing that a lot of people talk about, the thing that is most recognisable when we talk about AI, that, which has come up in conversations, ChatGPT. Mm. Last year, if you talked about AI, someone would say, oh, like ChatGPT. And mm. that's right. That, that is AI. Well, the new version of ChatGPT is coming out soon. And that will blow the old version away. So the new version is probably capable, doing what I did with my 30 seconds of video training, it's probably getting closer to be able to have a proper conversation with me or with, or with you if mm. you visit a website with my video hooked up to it. So that's the kind of leap that we're talking about. Um you know, we're now talking about um, apps that use GPT-5 and maybe, you know, AI videos that can do things like start a conversation with you. And they, they might hook in, for example, with your with your photo, your photos on your phone and they might they'll know when those photos were taken, where you were. And they might say something like start the conversation saying, do you remember that day? Do you remember, do you remember when you were on that beach in, in uh, Belmullet uh, last year? And uh, remember that sunset? And do you remember you had just had that coffee from that shop? Ah, remember you were talking to that you're person? You're scaring me. Stop, 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 stop. Yeah. Well, the thing, yeah, I mean, yeah, the yeah. thing is... And, and just for people, because there's a couple of things there that, because uh, your colleague Luke O'Neill wrote mm. uh, in the Sunday Independent, and he introduced me and the readers of the Sunday Independent to Atlanta who's a mm. Spanish model stroke influencer. Right. She has over 200,000. Yeah. What's, yeah. her, what's her called? Itana. 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 The reason she's right. called Itana, A-I-T-A-N-A, the reason uh-huh. she's called Itana is because it's A-I, you see. Uh-huh. Itana. Yeah. She's and, an influencer, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and she is completely AI generated. Um, yeah, she's 265,000 followers on Instagram. Right. So And, and she, 
So I'm saying she, quote unquote she. If you go onto Instagram right now as you're listening to the radio, there is no way you'll be able to tell she's not real. No way. Mm. I don't know if you've looked at it, but the quality of the of the uh, the reproduction and the representation is absolutely ninety nine point nine percent there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to the point where her creators actually sell her account for commercial uh, endorsements. I mean, she makes between three and ten grand a month. So this is the end of influencers, maybe. I, I, like, if anybody saw Indiana Jones over Christmas, uh, the young Harrison Ford is AI generated. Um, now they would have had a lot of stock footage from, of yes. him over the years wearing the hat and all that sort of thing but still he, he never said those words in real life they, they were generated he never did those things they were generated by AI I was one of the things I don't know if you watched it but the guy says at the end which is a lovely tagline um, uh, if this seems like science fiction it's not it's just the future a little bit ahead of schedule <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I mean I, as you know this played into what the the strikes in Hollywood were yes. partially yeah, about yeah. because actors are, you know, are justifiably worried that their, um, the, you know, the property of their images are going to be used in future films um, by studios, and you know, they essentially their their visual souls will be sold. But like the the pace at which this is moving and. It's not just influencers and it's not just commercial scams because you, you referenced the Sunak um, deepfakes, you, re- you referenced Leo Varadkar, mm. the, those manipulated images of Leo Varadkar, of Colette Fitzpatrick, of, of Anne Doyle uh, as well that are currently doing the rounds. The, the problem is that like we have a bunch of elections this year. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well, to be exact, 76 countries are going to the poll that's, yeah. and they, that represents half the world's population. Uh, and I think reading a lot about it and, and, and following it, I, I think, unfortunately, this technology is going to be most effective in the hands of the people with the least scruples. You, you would have thought so. I mean, the big barrier up to now to creating, to deploying these deep fake videos is they were very, very cost intensive. They took an awful lot of work, an awful mm. lot of skill. I don't know if you've ever seen the ones of the Tom Cruise lookalike on social media. He's, he's an actor and you'll see these videos if you go on YouTube or Google Tom Cruise lookalike. And it's, it's an actor who seems to be the absolute image of, of Tom Cruise and he's running and mm. he's, he's mm. doing all this stuff. And actually, he doesn't look like Tom Cruise, but he's working with a software engineering studio that spends, you know, weeks and weeks, um, you, you know, working on, say, a two-minute video. That And that costs tens of thousands of dollars to mm. do that before. Now, it, it, you know, it might cost $10. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that's sort of quaint by comparison to what they can do now. Like, yeah. like, like we have been in touch with this company. We mentioned them before. They're based in the Ukraine, or in Ukraine, I should say, not the Ukraine. Um, they're called Respeacher, uh, and they mm. have to deal with Lucas Films because mm. uh, James Earl Jones uh, has signed over his voice to Lucas Films because mm. he's the voice of Darth Vader. Yep. So they can generate anything, and they, like they, they're at the high end. So they would charge you an awful lot of money. Uh, but in effect, they could generate your voice, my voice, Anne Doyle's voice, blah, blah, blah. So, so that even Anne Doyle or you or I wouldn't be able to tell. And, and I mean, to be fair, we have seen sort of adjacent technologies uh, to this be used for constructive, productive purposes. I mean, yeah. every, every time I see Charlie Bird, for example, yes. uh, uh, yes. uh, uh, yeah. communicating okay. yeah, yeah, of course. through through an AI, yeah. uh, essentially a, you know, an AI-constructed um, language model of you know many many hours of his spoken voice. Mm. You know you can see the potential constructive purposes of course, uh, of for this technology uh, and, as well. And um, th- this guy who was he was selling training videos. Now yep. not good news for the people who would have done training videos, the actors and all that. But he's saying now we can do it using this technology and you don't have to pay an actor or whatever. I, I think other than the threat and other than the fact that they kind of either amaze or spook people out, I think people might become annoyed with them uh, as much okay. as anything else because where they're really going to be deployed quickly is in uh, is in online chatbots for customer service. So no, you know but, those no, chat yeah, bubbles you get. They're fine, they're fine. I don't care mm. about those. What I'm worried about is, and, and you mentioned it already, is the people going to the polls to vote. Uh, And the dissemination of uh, Mm -hmm. misdisinformation, people saying things that they never said, 
uh, and then you know, yep. and the problem is, and, and there's that quote uh, which is which I can never remember, so I'll have to read it uh, from Mark Twain: "A lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes." So, so they generate this this deep fake somebody saying something that's incriminating or whatever that they never said that goes like wildfire around the place uh, it, and, and it, it does and, and it doesn't have to be YouTube or Instagram or, or the, the, the platforms that we've kind of seen it on bef- uh, so far because they will ultimately take those videos down maybe too late but they will mm. the problem is WhatsApp yeah because most people are you know are part of several WhatsApp groups and that stuff goes around like wildfire and if it's released 24 hours before a crucial vote um, then that's you know that that's where the, the main worry is there Now you're, you're a technology expert so surely the big companies like mm. Meta and Google and all of those um, they have the wherewithal to spot these at source do they not? That's they say that they don't Okay. Now they this that's what they what they the system at present is that if you spot one of these they say that they rely on you to flag it with them yeah, or to report it to enough. them because that's not good enough. You, well, yeah. I would agree with you. I would yeah. agree it's not good enough. Now, I would say that and and privately I think that they admit that they probably have a you know a list of maybe a thousand people um, like world leaders, etc., for whom they have special algorithms trained to try to detect those public people, market-moving people, senior leaders, all the rest of it. And if if they crop up on the on their public network, now not the private WhatsApp groups, but Facebook, Instagram, mm. YouTube, that you know it might trigger an alert, and then a human being will will intervene to you know to to maybe take that down. Yeah, yeah. But um, in terms of them. Like, like the number of times I've seen that fake with Colette Fitzpatrick and Leo Varadkar, for example, floating around in the last week. And the the terrible thing about those is not only are they not instantly taken down, some of them are from paid accounts, like on X, formerly Twitter, the verified blue tick guys, the guys who pay every month. Mm. They actually pay to advertise uh, those videos. And even when they're taken down, those accounts aren't taken down. So there's a kind of a... Um, uh, an incentive reward problem here as well. Okay. Chaz and Rahini wants to know how will AI affect the ordinary Joe or the ordinary Chaz? So, other than the ways that we have just demonstrated, like misinformation and disinformation, I don't know what the ordinary Joe's current relationship status is. But I would expect this year to see this seeping into the artificial companion market as well. Wow. Because, yeah, because I, I, somebody said... That's about, a growing market. Like, up until now, uh, technology was looking for our attention. Yeah. Uh, now it's trying to capture our emotions. It is. And, like, there are already... If you go into the app store, you will already see dozens of apps for your smartphone that are virtual girlfriends, virtual boyfriends. And what they are, essentially, they're not video apps. They're essentially um, AI text machines, large language text machines, and they're designed to converse with you. And you can set them to different levels. Mm. They can go from very, you know, benign and innocent to really actually fairly racy, um, with you know, kind of orated. And they're kind of limited in what they can do at the moment because the AI technology has been limited up till recently. Yeah. But with the, the advances that we're, we're, we're seeing now, you can definitely expect that. Is that, is that harmless enough, though, if you're, if you're lonely? Uh, at the moment, I think it is. You, you will find some people <laughs> and, and, who will say that it's... The, unless it's somebody, you know, with, with nefarious motives trying to get, you know, separate you from your money. But uh, No, yeah. If, no, it's no, just, uh, if it's just somebody who's lonely and wants a bit of company. Well, uh, exactly. And that's the argument. And there, there is a fair argument to be made that um, like some people will say that there is a loneliness epidemic. And while having a digital companion is not the answer mm. in the long term, it, it might actually offer you some comfort in yeah. some way. I mean, now others will say that's completely dystopian and we're in an uh, episode of Black Mirror, if that's what we're allowing ourselves to slip into. But I, I think there is a middle ground. I mean, you, you can see the case, for example, um, I know several elderly people, for example, who through no, through, just through circumstances were left by themselves and over the last few years for whom social media for Facebook has actually proven to be, you know, somewhat uh, of company for yeah. them. Yeah, well, the virtual day. companies probably better than no company if you're very lonely. 
you know, there you're gone. There, that's it. The technology let us down just there. I'm talking to myself now on my own. Sorry. No, there you're back. No, I'm yeah. there. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, so horror. Sorry, remember I'm that there. movie with Scarlett Johansson, um, Adrian Weckler. Um, do you remember that movie? No, he's gone. He's gone. I do with you yeah. with Joaquin Phoenix. Yes, yeah. So th- th- that's we're, we're in that we're in that world now. Um, it was sci-fi at the time, futuristic. There. Am I gone? And now it's now, uh, Adrian. So we we let you go. With the technology is letting us down. Ironically, because that is, I think, irony. Uh, that's Adrian Weckler, who's the uh, technology editor with the Irish Independent and Sunday Independent. Quick commercial break. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio One. Now, viewers of Fair City have been lovestruck, have seen lovestruck chef Dean Dowling fall for a woman he hasn't met yet. But viewers know that the female is actually schemer Fergal Howley, who has hoodwinked him by pretending to be his female love interest. After weeks of online chat and van girl Vicky Dean finally gets to see and speak online with the mystery woman. Um, But van girl is in fact Fergal using AI technology as a weapon. So there you go. Um... That's unfair city. Now, uh, Bohemians Football Club, uh, well-loved and fan-owned club in the heart of Dublin. As a sports club, they are leading the way in the climate crisis through community-driven initiatives. And here to tell us all about it is Sean McCabe, who's the Head of Climate Justice and Sustainability at Bowes. And that's a title, Sean, that um, most football clubs around the world don't have. No. No. <laughs> well, there's a, increasingly there's a focus on sustainability. But I think that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Our focus specifically on climate justice is more about recognising that, you know, we have an underlying inequality issue. Not everyone can access solutions. Right. Uh, so how do we do that collectively as a group? Okay. You know? I, I, before we talk about the initiative, let's talk about you a bit for, for, first. So, so you have a background, goes back like what, this time, how many years ago? Nine years ago, you were at Davos. Davos, it was actually the first trip I ever took. Uh, I was fortunate enough to, to spend a number of years working with the Mary Robinson Foundation and that was one of the first trips I ever took with Mary Robinson, which was a, a real bizarre experience. Like, uh, first of all, you're travelling with, you know, someone who's so famous and beloved by a country and then in such an uh, unusual environment as Davos, it's a very peculiar place during the World Economic oh, Forum. I haven't been. Like, no, I know. Fill us in, ma- fill us in. I think most people well, listening one, haven't been one, the, one thing that I, I tell people about that experience is the only place I've ever seen ads on buses for satellites and submarines. <laughs> you know, like, so, so you, you, you know, they weren't pitched at me, you know. Um, so so it was, it's, it's a very, uh, yeah, I guess I wouldn't have a huge amount of faith in it being a, a forum for much social good to come out of, although in the past issues around TB and, and, and you know, large scale global development programmes in that philanthropic sort of mould have come out of it. But in a sense, it kind of is fixing with the right hand what you're breaking with the left, you know. Yeah, and of course, they got a lot of flack a few years ago because they were flying in their jets into Davos and then they were asking us to reuse our plastic bottles. Well, yeah, there's obviously that. Um, I think that would probably be low down on the scale of hypocrisies emerging <laughs> right, from Davos, okay. right? But it's yeah, topical absolutely. for us here now. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, but, but I mean like you've big oil still yes. working flat out in Davos, right? Like it's not, right. you know, we're not, we're not, um, I don't think the solutions are going to come from there. Right, say. okay. Uh, but, but it was an eye-opener. Uh, yeah, and, for sure. And, and a good story to have uh, when you're out with mates. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, it still comes up from time to time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so you, you hung around with Mary Robinson, so there's good credentials there. I'd hope so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd hope so. Because uh, uh, she's flying the flag for, she certainly for climate is, yeah. justice. Yeah. Um, so how did you end up then with Bose? Um, there, you know, when I left working with Mary, as we were saying before we came on, it, it's climate justice is such a difficult topic and to make it real for people is very, very... Um, Hard because I think they're used to 20, 30 years of an environmental movement that preaches at them, that tells them that, you know, it's about what you do as an individual consumer and your carbon footprint and we're going to change the world by buying bamboo toothbrushes, right? Um, whereas, like in reality, having having seen the massive development issues like global energy poverty, um, lack of clean sanitation, all these these massive, massive global issues, right? And then you've issues in Ireland, like where we want to transition away from uh, 
using peat, for example, but there's an awful lot of jobs tied up in the Midlands in peat, right? And, and, and a lot of people have been let go un, unfairly. It, it was a question of, well, how do we talk about a transition in Ireland that's fair and inclusive and where people's lives improve? Because if we want people to move on this great transition, there's no point in making their lives harder. And, and so I, I ended up uh, task uh, the think tank for action on social change took me in and, and I spent two years there working on a, a, an idea called the people's transition, which became a report. And, and it's about, well, how do we listen to communities and then figure out what challenges they're facing? and then use climate action to solve those challenges. So it becomes that climate action is an enabler of positive change. Um, and that work ended up rooted in a concept called community wealth building, right. uh, which has been trialled in Preston and Barcelona and Cincinnati and these places around the world. Typically cities that have been through deindustrialization, and um, but it could work all over. Right. And, Give and us the, the vernacular on it. The basic is that there's an awful lot of money being extracted out of a community on a given day. That you have a lot of global supply chains that flow through your, your community and you might interact with them just at the supermarket, uh, at the shelves of a supermarket or um, it might be how your, you know, your school purchases its desks or its chairs. Yeah. It could be anything. Now, the, the, the concept behind community wealth building is you try to stop that money that's flowing out of your community through these long supply chains and you, you, you sort of trap Give us it. an example. An example would be, uh, is it possible for, you know, a really tangible example in Ireland is, could we have very closed loop agricultural supply chains where farmers are selling directly into schools? Right. You know, where local farmers in North County Dublin who are under economic pressure actually have contracts with local schools where the schools have control of public procurement. And there's also a concern about, you know, what kids are eating and are okay. they getting healthy food? And, That's and a bit too big for me. I want something smaller. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, want to, I want something on the individual level. Well, see, it's not about the individual, right? So, so that's, okay. that's, that's what we're talking right. about here. Fundamentally, what we're trying to get to the root of is, you know, getting away from this idea that it's about pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps in the face of this great environmental catastrophe and recognising that actually by pooling our collective knowledge, our collective abilities, we can carve pathways that are both sustainable and good for our communities. Okay. So, practical things that you have, you have a library of things. Well, we don't have it. No, you're, you're planning in, a library in, in of things. In the process of it. Right. So, we've, we've received uh, significant funding from Pubble um, and the Community Climate Action Fund at Bohemians to basically... It's, it's called learning by doing. How can we become a cooperative? You know, in Ireland, we've got plenty of examples of cooperatives in the past, particularly. Uh, usually rural. Usually rural. Yes. But Bose actually is the, an example of a cooperative as well, right? Yeah. And, and it's a cooperative competing in, in uh, the League of Ireland and, and when we can in Europe. And, and, and it's community owned, right? Um, now, if you can do that with a football club, what's to stop you doing that with a retrofitting business or... A solar business. Now you have me. Yeah. yeah. So 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 now we're talking about the collective, yes, right? But we're talking about individuals. With, like if I want, for example, I want to make my house more uh, efficient um, and I look at the cost of retrofitting and I realise I can't afford it because I have to put the money up front and it's costly and all that sort of thing. So how can I access that within the community? Absolutely. So where can, how we, where can, can we find economies of scale? Right. right. How can we maybe band together and look at where there is capital, maybe in a credit union, say, which also is a cooperative, and, and and plug some of that capital into the community in such a way that for every house that can afford it, we're also able to do a house that can't. That's simplifying it okay. down. Who does it? That's the long-term objective here that we're talking about. Let's, it's, the, who does it? Ideally, the community does it. Right? Okay. If you have a cooperative, it's the community on a not-for-profit basis doing this work. Well, the, the electrician, the carpenter, the brickie. Yeah, but the, they'll still all make their money. Yeah. But the developer maybe or, or whoever's extracting large portions of the profit that goes back into well, the community. Somebody has to be in charge. Oh yeah but but in a sense you have a situation where you know that somebody has to be in charge the community can be in charge like you can have like we've had successful cooperative the Mondragon cooperative in Spain 
employs 80,000 people right. in Basque country in Spain, doing everything from education to, to childcare to and manufacturing there's nobody in bikes. Oh, no, there's absolutely people yeah. in charge, yeah. but it's democratic, you know, like, yes, you yeah. know, and it's, it's about democratising uh, local economies. And, and as you started, where we started here on, on this is that the money stays in the community. The money stays in the community. So it's not going to a multinational, it's, it's, it's a, not going out of the it's country. It's a democratic the economy. Yeah. yeah. And, and so to pull it way back, just before we jump yeah. on, that's the long-term objective. Okay. But you can't just do that overnight. No. And so what we're doing at Bose with some incredible community partners and, and institutions as well is looking at, well, how do we build the culture of that? Yes. Through things like the Library of Things that you mentioned, which we'll be opening this year. Which is what? A Library of Things is basically a library, but instead of books, you have things. And those things could be uh, strimmers or uh-huh. uh, drill or... A library tools. of tools. Yeah, tools. Things you mightn't use every day, but you might use once a month or uh-huh. once, once a year. Right. And as a community, you can share them. Yes. Um, we'll have a bike library uh, targeted at children. Uh-huh. Um, Why you, the library thing? Sorry. Well, it's it, the li- a library is like sharing right right like, okay. you know ultimately yeah. it's about sharing and, and does, does, it have, does the library not have the word does it not have connotations for, for people it might do yeah I presume it means like you take the stuff back to it afterwards and <laughs> I, I don't know what, what sort of connotations would it hold for you I don't, just a place of, of of learning I suppose it doesn't yeah it, to me now but I'm of a certain age and a library probably has connotations for me they wouldn't yeah. have for a younger generation yeah. but it, it does say certain things yeah, I, I guess it does. Yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, you're, you're going with that anyway. You're, go, you're going with the library of things. <laughs> well, it's a, com- it's a common nomenclature. Is it? Yeah, yes, yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I, say, for example, if I want to cut the grass and, and I don't have a lawnmower. Uh, yeah, lawnmower might be a bit of an immediate need. To, you okay, know, like, right, okay. Let's, so, let's say a strimmer. That you, strimmer. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. A strimmer. Or, or a drill. A drill. You know, you're, so you're so not, when I go down to the library of things, do I have to pay to rent this or hire it? We're still in the process of discussing okay. how the membership will work, but it'll be a membership-based uh-huh. system, right? Like, right. So, so there might be a, a small surcharge on top of a membership fee yes, that you I paid like up it. front. Yeah, yes, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah. But, di- but basically, it's back to the cooperative yes. idea. So in, in, instead of spending whatever, I don't know, 200, 300 on a strimmer, you, you membership this, and not only do you get the strimmer whenever you want it, but you also have access to... Uh, other tools. Yeah, other tools, a chainsaw, because yeah, there's, yeah. A, you know, whatever, if you have a garden, you cut that down. Exactly. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, we won't say chainsaw because you know with insurance companies we need to bring them board. So okay, right. Okay, here. okay. So, we're so probably it's not a library of things. Anything else other than other than tools that you're using the garden? Well, like if you think about uh, kitchen appliances that you right. might you mightn't use all the time, but you might like use for big big occasions if you're having a big dinner or something, right. you know, yeah, of a yeah. certain size. We've done a survey with the community. Fibsborough Climate Club, one of our partners, has done a survey with the community, and they've identified the key things that they'd like to see in yes. the library of things. And now it's a question on us. Most of it, a lot of it is a lot of it is tools and hardware, um, but. Now it's now our objective is to we have a space in Fibsborough okay. that we'll be bringing up to speed and then with all of this. The other thing is that you're going to train people, skill people up. Yeah, so like a lot of the like everything has to be education based, right? And and like you were saying about individuals versus the collective, most people have bought into the narrative of the individual climate responsibility piece. And actually the whole society that we live in now is very individualized, right? We're very individually focused and we're not used to working there's some brilliant people doing amazing things within their communities, but typically people are used to giving their efforts and their skills towards a job mm. and their community might be for recreation or yeah. something. But uh, what we want to do is bring people through a journey of how to learn to cooperate with your local yeah. community so that you could do things a little bit more uh, agency focused. Like. But, but I would think that's what us as humans are hardwired to do. I think we are. We're social yeah. animals. Our, yeah, our ancestors 100%. used to live in small communities and we'd all fend for each other and protect each other. Well, I think... We've the, drifted away from I that. I think the alienation from that due to sort of what some might term as neoliberal uh, approaches to policy making and ha- has moved us away from things like trade unions and things like um, active community yeah. engagement towards very nuclear individualised families where you know, almost care more about your pay packet than you do about your neighbour, right? And that's that's a problem uh, in, in many regards. <laughs> well, I can see why that, that, that would be a, a case, you know, people have to pay the mortgage, have to pay the bills. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But, but Your neighbour isn't going to do that for you. But you see, the funny thing is that in a different type of society, uh, it, there might be... Uh, a different role okay. for community and for neighbours, yeah. right? And and it might be much uh, more. And I active. suppose we live in a country now, and like it was last night, they had, you know, um, the last priest in Ireland or whatever the name was. So, the, like up until 30, 40 years ago, we were all 
Catholics, 98% of us were. Uh, and the Catholic Church, I suppose, was the the, the glue that bound communities together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we went to Mass and we met there and there was all sorts of things around that. And that's, for a lot of people, gone. So it's a big void left in communities around the country. Yeah. Now, some people say the GAA fills it. Now, you, people, bows. But we need something, don't we, to bring communities back together. Yeah, and, and, and more than ever in the face of the climate crisis, right? Because, you know, business as usual won't carry us through this. Mm. Uh, the, the kind of setup that we've currently got ourselves into, which is that individually sort of narrow-minded, isolated scenario, will not build the type of enlightened self-interest or the solidarity that we need to carry us through this enormous crisis. Right. Um, a library to me is a place for books, but using the term library of things clarifies the message. There you go. That's it. Yeah. That, that's, 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 <laughs> it's all in the of things. Of, of things. <laughs> right, Sean, uh, fascinating. I, I, I talk another hour with you, but we, we don't have time. Sean McCabe, um, who is the head of climate justice and sustainability at Bose, uh, they're breaking new ground out there in the community and good luck with everything. Could I just say yeah. people can follow on the spark.coop. There's a mailing list that people can sign up to there. So spark coop as in co-op. The spark.coop, yeah. Yeah, the spark.coop. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Sean. Mind Thank you, Ray. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. 5151RayRT.ie. Samantha Rawson will be with us in about 50 minutes' time. Um, she's our dog uh, behaviour expert. We're talking to her about dogs in the sub-zero uh, temperatures and any other thing that comes up. So if you have a question about your dog's behaviour and you want Samantha's expert advice, uh, get them into us now, ray at rte.ie. Meanwhile, we have two quizzers standing by for our Who Done It quiz. Yes, and one of them will win a prize and it's a two-night stay for two people in the Heritage in County Leash, Killinard, to be exact. Uh, so it's two nights B&B and dinner on one evening in Blake's Restaurant. And the, Kil- the Heritage is the perfect escape for relaxing and you can go to their spa for a luxury treatment and they also have a brand new state-of-the-art salt cave and sauna. And... The Heritage in Kilnard is only 20 minutes from Kildare Village. Theheritage.com, theheritage.com. James Sugru. Hello, James. Hey, Ray. How's it going? Not too bad. It is Sugru. It is Sugru, yes. Yes. Now, I'm I'm interested to know the origins of that name, James. Uh, It's a carry name, really. Um, You'd find a good few of us down there. Right. Um, There was a famous football referee, Tommy Sugru. Ah. yeah, that's about the extent of it. And um, is it, we're, an, we're it, place. Is it an anglicised version of an Irish name, or do you know? Um, I am not. Uh, I don't think so, actually. Right, I don't okay. think so. Yeah. Sugru. Yeah. It's a it's yeah, lovely yeah. ring to it. Uh, yeah, it is. And we'll keep mystery to it anyway, won't we? Yeah, and do you need Sue? Do you need any... Sue, 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 Sugru? Sue, Sue. <laughs> I have six, Susan, yes. Yeah. Have you? Right, right. I do, yeah, yes. Yeah. Right, you do not. I do, I do, yeah. Susan. Yeah, yeah. Well, we don't call her Yeah, yeah. Well, we call her Susan. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I suppose. Name. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, 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 that's a coincidence. There you go. Uh, what are you up it to is. today, James? Um, I'm looking after my um, my five year old at the moment. We just had an appointment to do, so yeah. sorted out that. And um, yeah, he's there with the iPad. Hopefully, he'll give me a few minutes. Yeah. What's his name? Tommy. 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 Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Tommy's in good form, is he? He's in great form, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Sure, he's happy to be home a bit early today. Yeah, and is, is, has he got siblings? He has an older brother, David. He'll be eight on Saturday. Right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, um, it's it's mad because back in the day you never said siblings. I, I'm I'm just sort of hitting myself now here because I, you know brothers and sisters. That's what we used to say. Yes, that's it. Yeah, and we we yeah. had this Hope debate at home right. last night. I don't know about you, James, but back in the day when you said how many's in your family, it always referred to the number of children. But you now, would, yeah, yeah. You now it refers to the parents as well, you know. So, oh, do you have to count them as well? well that, that's, that's the way people do it now, you know. So they go if mm-hmm. if, if there's three children and you go how many's in the family and they have a, a mother and father, they go five, and then I go oh, five children. They go no, no, there's only three children. I go no, well, then there's only three in the family. Anyway, yeah. there you go. The rules keep changing. They do, they do. And you're barbecuing this evening. I am, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've been, I've a nice covered area for my barbecue, and it's perfect weather for it. It's lovely and dry, crisp outside. Right. Um, and what will you like barbecue? Yeah. Um, I'll probably do some smash burgers tonight. Um, keep it simple tonight. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it could be anything out there: curries, all sorts. I, I use it more than the oven at this stage. Do you? 
Because I do, yeah, yeah. We were watching um, Room to Improve uh, and oh, yeah. Kate, I think the lady's name was, they were getting the house done up. Um, they had a view of the Rocket Cashel. But her, her big oh, yeah. her big thing was an outside kitchen. You um, have to have it, yeah. You have to, oh, you have to have it now. Oh, right, sorry, sorry. I didn't Aye. know that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. now off you go. You know what you're doing after work. Right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Build an outside kitchen. You're up against Mary <laughs> Lydon. How are you doing, Mary? Hello, Ray. How are you? Good. You're in Bala in Galway. Bala, Bala Bushy Park. Right. Um, and you were out for a walk already today. Where'd you go? Uh, I went to Salt Hill earlier and um, I was out there for about a half an hour and then I came back and I needed to go down for the... Um, for our refuse bins because we don't live we live off the public road so I had to go down with them and I had another bit of a walk there so I walked further because it was so nice it's lovely in Galway today yeah sparkly it's winter cold. sunshine it's yeah cold, I know but, but nice yeah, yeah 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 fresh I like those days I, I actually like them yeah I love them yeah. there's a hint of spring in the air today isn't there uh, we, yes. we, we came up from studios because we're down the bowels of RTE and, okay. and since sometime in, I suppose, late October, November, it's been dark when we went up. But yesterday, when we went up, there was blue still in the sky. So that's that's reassuring mm-hmm. and hopeful. Yeah, there is that's a, good. There's a bit of spring, yeah. Yeah, well, I always like it when Christmas passes, I feel we're getting, what do they say, it's a cock step every day. What? Is that what they call the, the, the lengthening of the days? It's like a cock step. Right, that's no, that's as in a bird, the cock step. Well, well, I presume it's a cock in the, in the farmyard. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. A cock's, that's, that's interesting. I'd love to know the origins of that phrase now, if anybody can I help I don't us. know. I heard my mother talking about it. Right, so. it's like a cock step every day. Um, uh, and are you, have you got an outdoor kitchen? No, I don't, actually. No, look at you. You and me together. <laughs> James is the posh one here. <laughs> I'm getting ideas listening to it. Yeah. Well, what, are you, what are you planning for dinner? I'm going to make a chicken casserole. Right. I haven't started yet, so... You'd want to get to it, wouldn't you? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Have well, you heard... chicken is easy enough cook, so it's not, it's not like beef. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard about this marry me chicken? Sorry? Yeah, no, no, I don't know. That's not a proposal. It's it's the name of a dish. <laughs> it's marry me chicken. Yeah, that's the no, name. I, presume, that's, that's I the presume it's somebody about to propose. No, to but it. no, it, I don't know where it got its name. A bit like the cock, the cock step, but it, it's... Uh, okay. But uh, it, it's it's doing the rounds on social media. Jenny has been making it for the last uh, couple of months, and it's delicious. It's 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 a variation okay. of a, a chicken casserole. It's all right. It's, it's some sort right. of uh, chicken breasts in a sauce yeah. with with, with uh, sun dried tomatoes and garlic, and it, it's delicious. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. Have you yeah. heard of it, James? I have not. No, no. no. I have to look that one look up. it up. Marry, marry me, me chicken. chicken. Delicious, delicious. I'm go- yes. googling it. There, you, there. Google your marry me chicken. Sorry, it did sound oh. like a proposal there, Mary. Sorry. <laughs> Marry me chicken. <laughs> Pass the sugar, honey. Yeah, that or whatever. Uh, okay, um, so three questions each. I give you the category, then I ask if you want a clue. Uh, if you go for a clue and get it right, you get a point. And if you go without a clue and get it right, it's more difficult. So you get two points. And whoever has the most points at the end is the winner. And if it's drawn points, we go to a tiebreak question. Good luck, James. Good luck, Mary. Thank you. Good luck, James. Thank you. Good luck, Mary. Now, uh, music yes. first, James. Do you want a clue or Great. not? No clue. No clue. Right, who is singing this for two? That's Robbie Williams. It is Robbie Williams. Yes, let him entertain you. Uh, we just we move on swiftly. That two points there. Good start and quick. Mary, do you want a clue on music? Um, no clue. Okay, for two, who is this? And it is Ronan Keating It is Ronan Keating Life is a roller coaster That's 24 years old this year You get two points Good start uh, Right um, Second category James Comedians Comedians What do you want to do? Do you okay. want to go Go for a clue? I'll play dangerously And I'll have no clue Okay For two points Can you name this comedian? A great Scottish comedian Said to me once I went to the Olympic Games I was in the village there You know where the Olympic people live And this Olympic athlete came towards me with the shorts and all and a big stick on his shoulder. I said, are you a pole vaulter? He says, no, I'm a German. And how did you know my name was Walter? (laughs) (laughs) Who's that? I think it's Billy Connolly. It is the big in, yeah. Billy Connolly, two points there. Well done. 
Uh, I'll have to listen to that one again to figure it out. Um, uh, now, uh, comedians for you too, Mary. Do you, do you want a clue? No clue. No clue, right. Who is this comedian for two points? It's very hard if you were attractive. You know what I'm saying? You guys don't have to worry. I have friends, and I'm not going to name names, Goldie Hawn. I can't take getting older, you know? And she'll say, would you believe I have a grown-up daughter? And you're going to go, yes! (laughs) It's very hard for a woman to get older. Who's that? Is it Joan Rivers? It is Joan Rivers speaking to Graeme Norton, who we spoke to yesterday back in 2012. The late Joan Rivers, very funny. Uh, two points, uh, you're good, Tui. Uh, James, you're on four. Mary, you're on four. Final category is cartoon characters. And James, I have to ask you, do you want a clue on this one or not? I'll stick to the pattern. No okay, clue, right. Uh, good luck with this. Uh, and can you name this cartoon character for two points? Hola, hola. Let's name the colours. Come on, say it loud. Rojo, azul, morado. Who's that? Uh, is it Dora the Explorer? It is, yes. David probably oh. watched that. Uh, yeah, two points, clean sheet, six out of six. Now you're under pressure, din 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 din, din Mary. Uh, cartoon characters, okay. you sort of have to go without a clue, don't you? Yes, I do. There's no point in going with a clue. Um, right, good luck. This will bring us to a tiebreak Thank question you. if you get it correct. Name this cartoon character for two points. I'm gifted. I'm just slumping over with talent. I can sing! Who's that? Roadrunner? No! No! Daffy Duck! Daffy Duck! Roadrunner is Mimi! Daffy Duck was like, whatever he does with his, his mouth there. Ah, oh, sad that yeah. You probably deserve you probably deserve to go to a tie break, but that's the way that's the way they fall. Uh, Mary, we're gonna send you out a radar show, keep cup. Um, and good luck with the chicken casserole and look that up there marry me chicken it's delicious uh, Mary nice lovely talking to you bye now bye 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 bye, bye. bye. Uh, James well done mm-hmm. pack my bags there now yeah yeah that was a close one uh, and so theheritage.com um, before you pack your bags and go there and see what's in store for you it's a lovely place down there in Kilnar in County Leash you will enjoy it um, looking forward to it okay lovely talking to you see you James thanks Greg. bye now Take bye care. bye Thank bye the Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Email ray at rte.ie. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Now, it's a hen's kick in my part of the world as opposed to a, uh, a cock step. Uh, and I put in cock step into Google. Be careful out there. Uh, and uh, it brought me to John Creedon. And he referenced it three years ago with the lightning of the day. Um, doesn't say where the origins of it are. Hen's kick, that nothing came up there. Oh, no, it did, sorry. Uh, in the um, Brewer's Dictionary of Irish Phrase and Fable, but you need to subscribe to get the full thing. Um, a hen's kick, cockstep. Uh, maybe uh, to the marry me chicken came from to when Harry proposed to Megan, they were having roast chicken for dinner that evening. Just the thought. No, no, it's it's, it's somebody else. That'll give uh, is it Ina Garten? Ina Garten, that it's it's her recipe, um, uh, and uh, the idea is I do know the origins of this uh, is that it's so good that if a woman makes it or a man makes it for a man or a woman makes it for a woman or whatever, that it, they'll be so good that they'll they'll want to marry them. That's that's marry me chicken. That's why it's called. Okay, uh, we'll be talking to Samantha Rawson after this from is it Jungle? Yes. Juggle back on 74. Our dog behaviour expert Samantha Rossman is on the line. Good afternoon, Samantha. Hi, Ray. It's cold. It is cold, and it's beginning to drop already. Is it? So it's, it's right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, sober zero temperatures and dogs. Uh, that's what we said yeah. you were coming on to talk about. There are other things as well, but we'll get to the temperature first. Um, okay. Uh, so, uh, can you ask um, Samantha? Uh, is it too cold for a Labrador to sleep in the garage? She always sleeps there. She's four. Uh, 
Well, it's it's unusually, you know, cold temperatures. Below zero is very, very cold. So unless she has a nice blanket or some, you know, maybe a, a sleeping bag to sleep on, something that would retain the heat, mm. sleeping bags are great for that. Um, but otherwise, I'd bring her in. I mean, you know, it's okay for her to sleep outside as long as it's not freezing. See if you could sit out there for an hour yourself. And if you can't, I'd yes. bring the dog in. And, and a garage is going to have a concrete floor, which is particularly cold. Yeah, and probably not insulated either. Yes. So if you can sit out there for an hour, grand. If you can't, bring the dog in. Right, so that's a good rule of thumb. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know that expression, Samantha? I've never quoted this back to you before, but I'm doing it today. You wouldn't put a dog out in that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Or the other one is, it's, it's a dog's life. It's I don't do- know whether yeah. that's good or bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, so, so the message is, bring the Labrador in. Uh, we have two golden retrievers who live outside, basically, in our large garden, and we bring them into our utility room at night. Is it OK to have them outside by day in this cold weather? They have access to shelter and a dog pen with a box, etc.? Uh, not ideal, but if that's all you can do, then fine. Um, mm. As long as the dogs have the ability to move and, and warm themselves up, it depends on how restricted they are, because obviously if they're very restricted, they can't increase their body temperature by moving. Yes. So, so, but if that's all they can do, if the security of the dog is more important than the warmth of the dog, well, then I'd leave them be. Um, because if you let them out of the dog pen and then they go off the property and cause an accident, that's worse. So you've got to weigh up which is more important, the the, the cold or their safety. Mm. We put our little fella out this morning, Lassa Apso, he's, I think he's around 12 or 13, maybe 11. Oh. Uh, anyway, but but it was obvious very quickly that he was not happy at all. Um, and yeah, Jenny went yeah. Out and he was shivering. Um, and an old dog, you know, an yes, old dog yes. obviously is going to feel the cold yes. more than a young dog. Yeah, difficult for him to self-regulate his temperature, I suppose, you know, as it is for older, older yeah. humans as well. Yeah. Um, okay, um, so, so that's the cold. So, so I suppose the message is if you wouldn't do it yourself, don't let your dog do it. Yeah, well, if yeah, you yeah. can't tolerate it, th- yes. then it's going to be worse for the dog, basically. Right, okay. Um, you know, and that goes for cold and, and warmth. So okay. the sun is the, sa- it's the same rule. Um, now, people knew you were coming on, so they wanted your advice on other uh, aspects okay. of dog behaviour. Uh, um, Samantha, we have a female... I have a lot call- of information about the weather, Ray. What do I do with it now? Oh, is there anything else then? Is there anything else you should share with us then? I thought that covered well, it all. <laughs> okay, well, I suppose the thing about the dog is to consider the breed of dog, the right. age of the dog, yes. the weight of the dog, how much body fat it has, and its coat type. And I don't mean the coat you buy in the shops, I mean yes. its own coat type. Yeah, okay. So they're all the things to consider. And the really important thing to consider is the medical condition of the dog, that if a dog is arthritic or has got any kind of heart conditions, then obviously they're going to feel the cold more. So just be aware of your the, the medical condition of your dog, the breed of the dog and the age of the dog. Okay. Before we leave it then, just to okay. make sure we've everything covered, will your dog let you know? Yes. If yes. you know your dog well and you have observed their body language, obviously shivering is an indicator yes. that an animal is cold. Or if they refuse to go out. Or if if you have put a coat on them, make sure it doesn't restrict their body movement, that they're happy to walk yeah. wearing a coat. And don't put a coat on with a hood on it. Dogs are animals, so they don't like things over their heads. So okay. don't buy a coat because you think it's lovely. It has to, the dog has to think it's lovely, not you. Why do people make them with hoods on them if dogs don't like them then? Oh, because people buy them because, because we, you know, <laughs> right. we anthropomorphize and we go, oh, look, yes. that's lovely and we buy it. You must hate the anthropomorphizing of dogs. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. And yes. how do you, how do you, where do you stand on actual coats? Are they a good thing? Are they? They are a good thing if if a dog needs them. But yeah. I don't like dressing dogs up for for our the sake of know, dressing them up. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, okay. for the sake. But but if the dog needs a coat, then absolutely. Right. Uh, now we'll move away from that, if you don't mind. Um, uh, yeah. Samantha, we have a female collie. She's nearly five years old. She's highly intelligent. However. When we bring her walking, she's constantly arguing with other dogs uh, when we're out um, in the local woods. Is there any way of retraining her as so as to break this habit? She's great working dog, not getting the work she needs with sheep. I'd appreciate your help. Kind regards. Um, if, if if she can be let off the lead and to play ball and to engage with the owner in some way so that she's not focused on other dogs. But if dogs are her focus and she... 
plays with other dogs aggressively, i.e. that she gets a kick out of it, um, then I would muzzle her. If you could let her off the lead and muzzle her so she can't actually damage another dog, mm. if you can't retrain her to play ball. Um, it depends. An awful lot of dogs, especially collies, are worse with other dogs when they're on a lead because they're restricted. Yes. Um, they're so jealous. You explained better. this to me before. They're sort of jealous. Yeah. Look at them. They're not on a lead. I'm on a lead. Well, well, it's not jealousy. It's Isn't it? because they can't escape. Yes, they, okay. You know, they, they're not in control of their own environment. And, and, you know, all of us will get a little bit aggressive if we're not in control of our own environment. Yeah. So it's about seeing if she can be let off the lead and will she choose to ignore another dog. If she chooses to ignore another dog, then grand, maybe let her off the lead and play ball with her. But if the dog is her focus and she's kind of got their, you know, she's got mm. the collie eye on another dog almost, then I would muzzle her. Are just, people just to be reluctant safe. to muzzle their dogs? They are, yeah, yes. and I don't know why. But I know why because because you're 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 sort of sending out a, a a signal, a statement about your dog, aren't you? Well, the, the other side of that coin is it puts everybody else on alert and says, "You mind your dog," because I know my dog isn't going to do anything. Do you know what I mean? I mean, years ago, I had a dog who didn't like other dogs, and I just put a muzzle on him, and mm. it was like the parting of the Red Sea. Everybody called their dog back because I knew my <laughs> dog wouldn't go over. <laughs> Yeah, so right. it, it, you know, yeah, but, but, but people are reluctant to muzzle their dogs. They That's, are, yeah. they are. I, I, I do take your point, right? Yes, I do, yeah, I do yeah. take your point. But uh, yeah. safety first, of course, always. Um, now, um, I hope that works out. Uh, quick one: we have a new baby and are being driven mad with our terrier stealing and chewing and destroying uh, all the baby's dummies. Uh, okay. Any ideas to stop this? She will, in general, steal things and chew them if left to her own devices. Uh, she's one and a half years. That's the dog, not the baby. Okay. Give her plenty of other stuff to chew. I think that the baby's toys obviously smell differently and taste differently and she's doing it out of a kind of exploratory behaviour. Mm. So either, you know, it sounds counterproductive, but maybe give her a load of chewies to chew or give her a load of, of scissors to chew yeah. so she gets over it. Yeah. Um, or else give her something else to chew while the, the dummies are around. Or, now you have to be careful with this with the baby, or you could put a taste deterrent on the dummy, like a little bit of mustard mm, or something. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah. Just, just but be the careful. baby isn't going to like mustard either, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just be careful with that one. <laughs> well, you, you might, you might be very successful, so you'd have, then the baby won't want the dummy, then the, the dog won't have the dummy, and everybody's happy. Uh, oh, there you ish. go, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Full okay, circle. Yeah. Uh, now, um, our dog is an escape artist. We call him, no. Uh, could you ask your dog, that's you, Samanda, if there is any hope okay. for a dog who is a total escape artist he heads for the hills at any opportunity and spends hours away from home uh, we can see where he is on the beach but refuses to be caught he comes home hours later only when he is ready when he is ready okay um, I suppose if he's if he's a Houdini and he goes wandering the first thing I consider is neutering um, if he's not neutered um, the other thing from a safety point of view I would probably give him a dog pen or build a dog run but the dog run must have a roof on it so he can't escape out of it mm. Um, other than that, make sure his needs are being met, that he is well exercised and gets plenty of attention and human company because he might be meeting a need that's not being met. What by do you think owners. that need might be? Well, lots of exercise and, and contact and human company. Sometimes if, if a dog is left outside, they'll go to hell with this and off they'll go. Right. Um, so to make sure he gets engagement and he's, you know, he's a companion animal that he's not just left outside to guard okay. the place. Right. I don't know his circumstances, but yeah. if you think all his needs have been met and he's a well looked after dog and he keeps doing this, I would neuter him and then maybe build a dog run because that's that's going to get him into trouble okay. eventually. Right. Uh, We've a minute left. Um, so I have two Jack Russells. Both uh, had uh, hard starts to life. One was a puppy farm reject, too small to breed from, and the other was owned by an older lady who basically kept her in the yard. Uh, for the most part, they're brilliant dogs, but they seem to prefer to poo in the most annoying places and only places we walk. They always have access to the outdoors and are free to roam our garden areas, a mix of lawns, flower beds, but insist on pooing under our letterbox, where our postwoman okay. will step on it where we park our car on the steps to the door. All tra- high traffic areas with big footfall. Could they be doing okay. it for attention? You have 30 seconds and your 30 seconds start okay. now. Restrict, restrict, restrict. The key there is free to roam. They shouldn't be free to roam because then obviously, you know, you have no control over where they're doing their business. So restrict it and maybe to deter them from doing it in those places, feed them in those places. Right. Animals will rarely um, poo where they feed. Sounds like they're having a so laugh. I, <laughs> to do it, it does. <laughs> yeah. does. They sound like they're having a great life. We'll we show those humans. Yeah. <laughs>
Take that. Okay. Uh, Samantha, lovely talking to you. Mind yourself. We'll talk to you soon. Bye now. Bye, bye. That's it from us. Um, Cormac's on Drive Time. We are back tomorrow at three o'clock. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday evening. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1.